This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Do you have habits? Are the habits that you have always habits that you want to have? Or sometimes do you have habits that you'd like to get rid of and replace with something new? Well, we have a guest today who's going to talk to us about that because um, good habits are, well, I guess they're good habits. Bad habits are like talking to Nathan right now, which I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> but still filled with plenty of bad habits, I must say myself. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where you kind of get into a groove and then you just kind of go and and you start doing things that you aren't even aware that you're doing anymore. Now, it's all part of human nature, though. And it it's is. about, you know, like going through the garden and weeding, you know, keeping the good stuff and taking out the bad. Unless you are me, in which case I take, you know what I do is I take uh, uh, white vinegar and mix it with salt and then pour that on the weeds. And it's kind of like a, a bomb going off in that particular area. Oh, I thought that was going to be like a cooking habit you had. It's like, oh, I might want to stay away from some of your food there. <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about using like casserole or one of those other things. <laughs> and, and then if you look at the label, it says, warning, 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 Will Robinson, warning. Caution, so content's I, hot in your hot yeah. coffee. <laughs> Yes, and if you if you step on it, and if your dog steps on it, then they're going to, and then they're going to lick, lick it, their paw, and that's a very bad thing. Oh. So I don't use those. I use natural natural things to uh, do that. But that's one, just as one of the good habits that I have. I have tons of bad habits like everybody else, I guess. <laughs> well, let's but, see if this show today can uh, help with some of that. Absolutely. Jason Harwood is our guest, and he's got a book out that's called Happily Ever Habits book, and it's on it's available now on Amazon. He is a podcaster of note, and he is a coach and does all kinds of stuff. So with that, why don't we bring Jason on, and then he can cure all my bad habits in like five minutes. <sighs> yeah. That, uh, but we have yeah. an hour show, Kevin. All right. Yeah. So in five, yeah, we'll do that in five minutes, and then we'll uh, talk about gardening. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Now's the time I of year. Yeah, I moved into a place that doesn't have much gardening, and the reason for that is because I don't like gardening. It's one of those habits I never got into. But uh, uh, Jason, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Great to be here. I appreciate it. And uh, the the message that uh, you put out there about positivity, it's fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. By the way, you know what? We are now um, have a new sponsor, and that sponsor is a brand new website that is uh, uh, babyboomers.org uh, or babyboomer.org, and it is a, a site for those of us that were born between, what is a baby boomer? Is it 60? No, it's like 50, 56 or something um, to like 75. I, I don't even know. Do you know? I mean, it's post World War II, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, late late forties, early fifties. Yeah. Generation. 
and and uh, even into the 60s, because I was born in 57 and yeah. I'm I'm considered a baby boomer. I'm at the tail end of my, my parents didn't get busy until it was later. <laughs> my oldest brother was born in 72 and he's not a boomer. So. So it must have been if you're in the 60s kind of thing. In any event, this particular site, it features podcasts and all kinds of different uh, sources of information, So the, and they're all vetted, and my entire catalog is, is up there now. So 547 shows. So it's, 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 it's fun to be up there with, with um, that, and, and so they're a new sponsor of ours, so we're very happy to have them here. So, um, But you're also, we're very happy to have here because <laughs> you're going to help us uh, talk about some of those things that, uh, now, i got to ask you, habits, oven in, in and of themselves, are they inherently bad or are they just things that we just do? Well, yeah, and I that's a great question. The strange thing is, your first question at the top was, do you have habits? And the universal answer to that is yes, uh, because biologically, our brains are wired uh, to drive us to habit and and sort of for a couple of reasons. One is that we are oftentimes worried or concerned about new things. And, and some of that is your brain's natural mechanism that keeps you safe. If you do something and you don't die, your brain's like, okay, we didn't die. Let's do that again. And when you do things repeatedly, it takes a lot less energy to do them. If you think about the mental energy focus and attention necessary to do an action for the first time. Like if you drive into a new city, if I were to drive into Seattle, Oh my gosh, I'd have to be fully focused because I don't know what turn to take. I'd have to tell the kids in the car, like, Hey, be quiet. I got to focus on my GPS here, but you can probably zip around Seattle with no issues because you have developed a habit and, and much less energy necessary. So we all have, habits. A significant majority of our life is driven by consistency in what we do, what we eat, what we wear, what we uh, do in the morning, what we do at night, uh, what we do for leisure time, how we interact with technology. All those things become very consistent uh, patterns of behavior. Then it's, ooh, is this helping me uh, live a happier, more fulfilled life? Or have I slipped into habits, as you mentioned, of spending time on things that aren't actually providing me any level of uh, results or satisfaction. Is that just because we get used to a certain thing, a certain lifestyle, a certain way of being as, as an example, uh, what I do is I wake up in the morning and then when I finally get my sorry, butt out of bed, um, uh, the first thing I do is go make coffee. Yeah, I don't know why I always go make coffee. I yep. could I could get another beverage or I could get something else, but it's always go make coffee, and yeah. that's just a habit of mine. Yeah, I there's probably two things involved there. When you talk about another beverage, um, my guess would be that your environment plays significantly into that. If you woke up tomorrow and thought, "Man, I want a V8," your environment is probably not very conducive to drinking a V8. Oh yeah, because I don't have any. Yeah, you know, there's no that, right? So the re part of the if someone said to me like, 
you know, hey, what are you going to eat for dinner? It would be really easy to tell because all you'd have to do is go look in my uh, in my refrigerator or my pantry or freezer. You'd have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to eat for dinner or restaurants within, uh, you know, 10 minutes of me. So, so we craft our environment to continue to support the behaviors that we engage in. And then, yeah, once you just start doing something, it, you just do it. And until something happens, usually as humans, we oftentimes run either on hope of gain or fear of loss. It's either we do something because we get something out of it or we change behavior because of pain. Uh, then we just kind of keep doing the same things we've always done. You know, it's, 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 it's interesting because <laughs> when COVID was, was here and I didn't, everybody was saying, wear a mask, don't go anywhere and stay away from people. And, you know, and so I started getting my groceries online with Amazon. Yeah. And now COVID is pretty much over. I could go back to the store. I could go do what I used to do, but now I've got this new habit that takes me five minutes to order. And, and the cool thing is on Amazon, you can get um, things that you've bought before. Yes. And so, so all I do now is go down yeah. the list of things I bought before because they were successful. And so that's what I buy. And then I don't go searching for anything else because I don't know whether that's going to be good or bad. Yeah. I get notifications. Amazon will come on and say, Based on your purchase history, it seems as though it's time to buy another bag of dog food. Would you like us to ship it to you? Or yes. This. All right. It'll show up tomorrow. And I'm, you know, yeah. So, and, and technology, I mean, Amazon's a great example, but so much of technology is driven to sort of take advantage of our tendency to habitual behavior. So, uh, yeah, they, if, man, once a particular retail outlet gets you they do everything they can to make it as easy as possible to just do the same thing because yeah would you rather just say yes amazon send me my case of coffee or whatever it is or would you rather drive to the store put it in your cart deal with checkout drive amazon's way easier Boy, I tell you, it's, it's, it's great because, you know, they just show up on my doorstep. I have to take the packages like 10 feet and I just put them <laughs> away and I'm done. And it takes me 10 minutes to order it, uh, yeah. 10, 10 minutes to put it away. And it's just like, and now, now if you start weighing cost versus reward kind of thing, that then that gets in a little bit more difficult. But, uh, it, but I'll end up paying something a little bit more if they're going to deliver it to my door. Yeah. Is Amazon the cheapest? I don't even know. I don't either. <laughs> like, if somebody, if you ask me, like, I get dog food. We get dog food delivered from Amazon. Is that the cheapest? I don't know. If you ask me, where else could you get that dog food? I don't even know. <laughs> I've never even bothered to find out. Does my, you know, does my local grocery store have it? No idea. Because we just found it on Amazon and started ordering it. And they remind us when we need more of it. It, it, we can become brainless that way yeah. you, you don't have to worry about it but yeah. what i wanted to talk to you about was the concept of you're sitting in your chair and you're looking at the totality of your life and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis and you're saying to yourself 
this isn't working mm-hmm. as much as I'd like it to. I, but I don't know how to change habits, to ingrain habits, good habits, mm-hmm. and get rid of the bad habits um, in, in my life. And, and I know you help people with that, and that's part of what your uh, Happily Ever Habits, Habits book is about. I love the yeah. title. Yeah. What is so challenging, I think, for me, is that most often those moments of introspection take a really long time. One of two things has to happen. One, I call it like a light switch moment. And I work with a lot of people who have been through light switch moments, car accident, job loss, uh, health diagnosis. Divorce. Divorce. And you know, one day it's bright outside, the next day, boom, it's pitch dark. And all of a sudden you're thinking, man, I should start making some changes to my life. I can't continue in the same way I was. Unfortunately for many of us though, we don't have necessarily a light switch moment. We, and I experienced this personally, it was more of a sunset. And if you've ever been, you know, maybe you're sitting outside in the evening doing something. Uh, uh, the The story that always resonates with me was playing basketball with my older brother and it kept getting darker and darker and darker. And I kept thinking, man, I can't see the ball so good, but I'll be fine. My brother was older than me, eight years older. And there was no way I was going to be like the weak link that said, Hey guys, let's go turn on the lights, <laughs> you know, because I was playing with him and all of his friends and I was trying to be cool, but I kept thinking it's dark. Uh, and then, uh, in a sad twist of fate to, to, uh, spare the details, all of a sudden I get plunked in the face with the basketball cause my brother whips it out to me and turns out I couldn't see, but for so many of us getting that moment of introspection, Kevin, that you said, like, you're just sitting there realizing my life isn't where I want it to be. Either you have to go through something or you have to go, it just has to get so dark before you realize oh my gosh, I am not doing this again. And and I had that moment of, I am not doing this again. And that's what kind of put me on the journey to to writing the book. But yeah, you've almost got to get to that moment of pain, difficulty, and unhappiness to say, okay, because otherwise you will just keep doing the same thing. You'll just keep the same health, wealth, relationship, um, personal growth, personal happiness behaviors, they will, they'll never, they'll never change. So that really, that's, what's hard for me is so many people come to me at a moment of kind of pain and, and uh, a depth of, of life kind of hitting them. And then me saying, okay, well, let's start digging you out. But, but oftentimes it doesn't happen until you get to that moment. Why? do we we do that to ourselves why do we wait until everything is friggin' falling apart before we can say i'm and you know the thing is we thought about making those changes before but we continue doing the same things and then it just gets worse and worse and worse and but and but why do we do that to ourselves yeah it's so funny uh, because i'll talk about a couple of habits as we go along here and every habit that I talk about or that we discuss, I can almost guarantee you've heard about it before. You've thought about doing it before. Probably Maybe you've even <laughs> tried it for a while, you know, like, and then, yeah, uh, I, I saw a, 
a funny thing today on Instagram, a little post that said, you know, gosh, I'd like to be healthier, but I don't want to get caught in any eat healthy and exercise traps, uh, you know, because everybody knows if you want to be healthier, eat different than what I'm currently eating and exercise differently than what I'm currently exercising. That's not a secret. So, but it's strange. We, we do almost operate on a mental pattern of similar behavior until we hit pain. Uh, pain is almost the the most universal indicator of behavior change. Until you experience pain, you'll just kind of keep going and keep doing the things that you're doing. And so, then so pain hits and you're like, oh, I guess I'll change. So from that perspective, pain can be a gift. Yeah. Yeah. A great um, book on that is called The Second Mountain um, uh, by David Brooks who talks about uh, that, this idea that, yeah, you get down into the valley, you know, the valley of the shadow of death, I guess. And um, it, it's not until you experience that pain and you probably have experienced the same thing. Uh, you know, I have some life experiences that now I can help people with certain life experiences. When somebody comes to me and says, Oh my gosh, my life seems to be crumbling apart. Uh, I've lost my job. Uh, you know, I'm going through divorce. I can say, man, I've been through both of those things and they suck. I mean, it's terrible, but you can't, you can't really do that until you've gone through it. And so, yeah, pain, um, becomes the, almost that pivot point of saying, okay, what am I going to do with this pain? Am I going to grow through it or, Sadly, some people just land there and and uh, accept that as the new reality, and they adjust. We often tend to do that as well. We we kind of adjust to a, a new state and define that new state as fine, and then it gets a little darker, and you're like, ah, it's okay. I can see it's all right. This is fine, you know. And and relationships crumble a little bit and you go, ah, I guess this is just what happens when you get older. You know, I get, you know, uh, everything's fine. And then all of a sudden you decide, nope, I got to create a, a higher level fine, a brighter, better fine. What if you don't even recognize that that's <laughs> possible for you? Yeah, that's a sad comment on, uh, human nature is you know the the percentage of people who kind of look at their life and say i don't think anything better is even possible that is, that is you know that statement all by itself when it's just a sitting out there that is the most depressing statement i can think of yeah yeah that's the opposite of probably your message right positive talk radio is all about uh, the, the the power of a positive outlook, the power of um, believing in in a, a more hopeful opportunity, and uh, yeah, if you get to that point, 
which is primarily why I have people like you on who can help uh, my audience and me because I, I just want you to know I've got 540 some odd shows up and they're all therapy for me Yeah, uh, because I have great people on that can, that can help me. And by the way, if you want to go find out more about Jason, you can go to thejasonhardwood.com and you can find out all about him, his book. And I was looking at you and your lovely wife, and there are seven little ones. Oh my gosh! Teenage to to pre to preschool behind you. Do you have seven kids? Yeah, yeah. Because both my wife and I have uh, unfortunately been through divorce, and so when we got together, it was uh, yours and mine. And then my wife thought the one thing we needed was one more kid. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, six was good, but seven would be so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah well, which which is really cool you know my son is going through that he's he's uh uh 34 35 and, and yeah uh, he just recently got married and and she's got two children by two different men and now um she wants to have one with him so it would be three children with three different men and it's like i guess that's kind of modern the way the way that that works these days but what do you do yeah yeah. So yeah, my oldest is uh, 20. My youngest is 10. And we had two, uh, uh, my daughter and stepson just graduate from high school this past year. So that was an exciting deal. So yeah, we have plenty going on. But what what I love that you said is I don't, I didn't write about and talk endlessly about happier habits because I'm always happy. I write and talk about it because it is my daily battle of having to do these things that I do, the new habits that I created only because of having gone through a much darker time, many dark experiences and saying, man, happiness isn't just going to happen to me. It's not just going to it's not the natural byproduct of existence to be happy. Um, one of my favorite quotes is from Sean Aker and the happiness advantage. And he says, happiness isn't a feeling. It's a work ethic because you just, if you want to be happy, you're going to have to put an intentional effort towards it. I want to ask you a question. I want, I want to know if you agree with this. I believe that during the course of our life, we are gifted with experiences. Um, and many of those experiences are great experiences. I've had tons of great experiences. Some of them were like a bad country music song, um, you know, <laughs> where you have a period where things aren't going well. And yeah. in, in my case, my dad died, my dog died, my wife left, I lost my house, got sued for $50,000, hit a bridge with a truck, you know, and, and stuff like that. And uh, But I firmly believe that all of our experiences are designed for us to give us um, perspective on life and to live our lives a little bit better because mm -hmm. we've had the experiences, both good and bad, of, of things. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, uh, so personally, I'm, I'm a person of faith, and so I see it as an opportunity to improve, an opportunity to uh, kind of strip away some of um, my less desirable tendencies and and pain has a tendency to do that but even for people who 
uh, are not people of faith, what it does, it, it's almost as though life is specifically designed to enable you to have empathy and uh, connection with people. Because, you know, you talk about, gosh, um, your dad passing away. All of a sudden there's that connection. Yeah, I, my dad passed away 12 years ago. And now we can connect in a different way. Yeah. But it's almost through pain that we all connect with each other. Uh, if somebody came to you and was like, oh my gosh, no, I've never had a terrible thing happen to me. I can't, I can't think of anything, but you'd just be like, I have nothing to talk to you about. <laughs> well, the first thing I do is call him a liar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, as, as, uh, our common existence, that's the thing that the, the com the most common trait of existence is pain. Yeah. And then we look and say, okay, in the face of that, how am I going to connect? How am I going to live a life of meaning and fulfillment and a positive upward facing life in the face of oftentimes a downward uh, uh, current of just natural life events? You know, you said one of my favorite words, which is empathy. Um, if we, if we don't, if we're not empathetic to the situation and the plight of other people around us and what they're going through, then we become very self-centered and, mm -hmm. and not, and, and, and not being able to help other people get through some of the things that they're working through. Yeah. So I love, I love the, I love the word empathy. Trust is another one I love. And yeah. it's, you know, and, and so it's, it's, it's great. By the way, we're talking with, uh, Jason, Harwood and go to his website, which is thejasonharwood.com and find out all the information about him. And you also do public speaking, which I, I, I like a yeah. great deal. Um, what do you generally speak? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, we need to take a break. And when we come back from this break, I want to ask you, what do you speak about and what kind of groups would you like to work with? And, and uh, how, I don't think I've ever asked anybody this, but if you're a public speaker, how do you become one of them? And it's, it's, it's not it's not like you just woke up one day and you got an email that says, I don't know who you are, but I think that you would be a wonderful speaker for my event. And yeah. I want to pay you to come over to do that and, and stuff. So I, I, I want to ask you about that if we can. So Love it. We're, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio on KKNW. Remember, at 3 o'clock, we've got another show on Kixie. And uh, we've got a great show there, and it's all about fashion. So I hope that you'll stay here from noon to 1 and then at 3 o'clock on Kixie. Uh, and at this point, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Nathan, take it away, my friend. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio.
When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our dash store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio here on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. We've got a great guest for you for this entire hour. His name is Jason Harwood. Call your friends. Call your family. He talks about creating better habits for yourself and getting rid of some of the negative things that you might be doing just because you just do them. You don't know why. It's just sort of his that's why they call it a habit, I would think. Uh, I would uh, ask Jason his his uh, definition of the word habit. But before we go there, I want to ask you, you're also a speaker. How did you get into that, and and uh, who do you speak to? Uh, I, I guess I would say I got into it because I love it. When I, when, you know, they do that experiment where they're like, you know, imagine you have a day totally free of any obligations. What would you want to do? And honestly, the first thing that pops in my head is I would want to have an audience of 100 to 2000 people and have an hour to spend with them talking about habits like that would be the most fulfilling thing I could do. You know, I mean, I guess outside of uh, spending time with my family and that type of thing, Kevin. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's nice when you have a, a brood like you have, which is yeah, because you you end up paying playing counselor. I would imagine all day, every day. Yeah, because uh, you've got seven kids all, and they're all at home. I assume. Uh, my oldest has um, left. He's twenty, so he graduated. He's now uh, living on his own and working. And uh, yeah, my my next two, my daughter starts college here in a couple of weeks, so that's exciting. And then my uh, next son, he's got some plans for some uh, things he wants to do post high school. So yeah, starting to have them leave. Well, do you remember that that uh, from the Terminator? Uh, what Arnold Schwarzenegger said, because um, I have a thirty four and a thirty or thirty five and a thirty two year old, and trust me. They'll be back. I know. I just talked with a friend the other day because my wife and I are thinking, maybe we should downsize. We're down to just four kids at home now, so maybe it's time to downsize. And I told that to a friend, and she said, well, don't you ever anticipate them coming back? <laughs> I was like, well, not if we downsize, they won't. <laughs> and then, yeah, but then uh, you have to do what I did, which was then turn around and upsize again. Yeah. You know, because it it happens and and with kids today, kids today with the lives that they have in the mid 20s, sometimes it can be really rough. Yeah. 
and they need a yeah. time to reset. But in any event, so yeah. you 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 talk to uh, groups big and small, businesses, and so- um, associations, organizations, yeah, uh, and primarily focus on on the concepts of of the three simple keys to starting habits. We talk about how to have habits to help you in your business. And as well as how to have habits that uh, help you live a happier, more fulfilled life. That's the thing. If somebody thought, well, gosh, I want to do that. First thing is, is get a topic that you're enjoy, that you're passionate about, that you like talking about. Uh, it's, it's hard to be a speaker if you say, you know, well, what do you talk about? Well, what do you want me to talk about? Talk about anything you want me to talk about. Uh, you know, I, I, you kind of have to have a topic that you're passionate about and that you get excited about. And then strangely, it all comes down to habit. I have probably six habits around um, kind of my sales and marketing plan uh, around being a speaker. And I just tick my way through some very consistent behaviors. That's the thing. You kind of got to like it because as much fun and enjoyment and pure joys I get out of being on a stage and talking with people, there's 10 times as much work behind the scenes that, you know, emailing and connecting with people through social media and other places and networking and calling and cold calling and being told no. So uh, start, if you really love it, find a topic and just start talking. That's what's great about today is with podcasts and YouTube channels and everything else. If you think you have a message, just start sharing your message uh, and your message will improve and change and morph over time. You'll start to get a sense of what people are interested in. And then uh, you just have to have the, I guess, the discipline and the willingness to put up with a fair amount of grind and, and behind the scenes work. Well, and I'll tell you, uh, I agree with you 100%. Passion is the key because I do people. So there are people that I talk to. They go, man, you're nuts. You do you do six to eight podcasts and radio shows a week. How do you have time for all that? And when do you do? It's like, I don't know. I just love doing it. And I love yeah. talking to people like Jason and who've got something valuable for my audience that that they can use in their day-to-day lives. And it's really, really important for me to be able to get the word out about that. And so that's why I do this. And I do yeah. this incessantly, which is why I've got 500 and almost 500. You may be close to 550. That may be your show number. So that's a good number. Yeah. 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 And that's all. Interestingly, that's one of the first steps. As you look at habit change, one of the challenges that we face with habit changes is a, a question that goes on in our brain imperceptibly. Anytime you consider doing something, the first question that goes through your mind is, am I the type of person who does that? Am I the type of person who hosts a podcast? Am I the type of person who gets up and goes running on a Saturday morning? Am I the type of person who uh, it, volunteers at a local animal shelter or homeless shelter or refugee center? And because we have such consistency of behavior, we oftentimes are slow to change because if we answer that question, no, no, I'm not the type of person who volunteers my time at an animal shelter. 
then we think, oh, well, then I'm not going to do it. And so when I work with people in developing new habits, the first thing that we have to do is start in very small behaviors. Do the smallest thing possible around an area that you'd like to improve because now I start building momentum. If I just donate $10 to a local refugee center, am I the type of person who helps refugees? Yeah, I'm the type of person who helps refugees. Then you'll see the next opportunity. They're doing a, you know, a coat drive. Would I do, am I the type of person who would donate my coat to a coat drive for, um, you know, homeless or refugees? Yeah, I'm the type of person who does that because that's what I just, I, I did something small and now I do the next small thing and then I do the next small thing and that starts to build momentum over time. Um, so the first rule I always give people is start with the smallest thing possible. If you've decided you want to eat healthier, uh, exercise more, donate more of your time, donate more of your finances, uh, host a podcast, whatever you decide you want to do, find the smallest thing possible and just start doing that consistently. So you build momentum around, yeah, I'm the type of person who does that and bigger things will come in the future, but you're not worried about that today. I think that's a, that's a great a great thing because if you, there are many of us, um, my father was a shining example of this. I use this a lot. He was an executive with Nordstrom for 30 years. He was Mr. McDonald. He was the guy that uh, ran lady shoes and then children's shoes and, and stuff. Well, he retired at one point and um, then it became good old Jack. Well, good old Jack had lost his identity. Hmm but he didn't have a mechanism by which he would say, sit down and talk to himself and say, well, you know, Jack, you need to reinvent, reinvent yourself mm-hmm. and to do something. Now that you're retired, you've got all this time. You can now do other stuff and you can help humanity and you can do, you can form new habits and new ways of being. And he didn't do any of that because he didn't think that was any of that was possible for him. Yeah. Um, and so that's that one of the messages of this show is you're never too old to learn a new trick. Yeah. Um, I used to used to teach my my old dog of 14 years a new trick all the time. So you can do it. You And you can be somebody different than you were before. You yeah. Agree with that? Oh, 100 percent. The challenge is, is then we often we kind of live in a go big or go home society. And so we think, oh, I want to be the type of person who contributes to the welfare of others. Well, then I need to go um, spend eight hours a day working at my local food bank. No, you don't. You can do something that takes less than five minutes today and just get that task done. Just boom, five minutes, boom, done. And then the next day, just say, okay, what's the next thing I can do? What's the what's what's something I can do in five minutes to have a positive contribution to my family, to my community, to my neighborhood, to whatever matters to you? What's a five-minute thing I could do to improve my health, to improve my uh, financial situation, whatever? Just something that you can do in two minutes. And at any point in your life, you can decide that. My My dad passed away a few years ago about 12 years ago, but my mom, uh, she's like in her seventies now, still super active. She 
is she substitutes at our local elementary schools through the school year almost every day. She substitutes and she only ever does um, students with special needs. She only ever takes a substitution assignment for students. And so she'll just go spend the day working with a student with special needs just because, you know, she's retired, she's in her seventies, but she wants to have like something that she does some way that she contributes and just some small thing. And that's kind of a big thing, but she's kind of built up to that too. (laughs) Uh, But just, yeah, find one small thing that you can do one small thing. I know what it is. I I have a real good idea. If you, if you, if you're out and about, I want you to make a conscious effort to smile and say something nice to somebody who's serving you. Yeah. Be it a waiter or a waitress, the cashier at the store, the bus driver that you get on the bus, make a conscious effort to smile and say something nice. It'll improve your day and it'll make their day special. Yeah. That that's so that in my book, I talk about the three rules of habit formation or habit change. And that's rule number one, which is make it small. Ah. Uh, Just smile, just say hi, say one kind thing to someone, man, it really starts to make a a big difference over time. It really does. So what's number two on your list? (laughs) Number two is make it easy. And we talked a little bit about this with your environment that the thing you can do most to most dramatically change your environment is make it easy. And, and I love to just kind of showcase uh, because I'm sitting at my work desk here and there are some things that are important to me. One of which is uh, I write down three things I'm grateful for every single morning. And literally right here is my little gratitude journal. Uh, you, it's If you're on radio, you can't see it, but all I did was reach over and grab it. Uh, because writing in that is very important to me. And and so first thing I do when I sit down, it's right there. I like to read and right next to my gratitude journal is the book that I'm reading right now. Uh, I like to send a thank you card to somebody once a week, a handwritten thank you card. And I just reach over and boom, there's my box of thank you cards. Uh, so, and and I've got about five or six other things that I could show you that are just things that are important to me and it's all within reach. If you came to my desk, it's like my little habit uh, cocoon right here at my desk because I want to make it my environment perfectly designed so that it's easier for me to do the things that I want to do. Uh, And you can do that in any aspect of your life. Um, Whatever you want to do more of, make it more prominent, put it someplace, uh, set it someplace and, and uh, it'll be easier for you. The other one is uh, James Clear in Atomic Habits. He talks about a concept called habit stacking, which is taking something you're already doing and stacking the new behavior that you want to do on top of it. So you mentioned just saying one nice thing to someone. Well, you could habit stack that and you could say, Every day at lunch, I'm going to say one nice thing to somebody around me because you already eat lunch every day. You already mentioned, Kevin, that you make coffee every morning. So if there was a new habit you wanted to do, all you'd have to do is say every morning, immediately after starting my coffee maker, I am going to blank. 
because you already start your coffee maker every morning. So it's easier to engage in a new behavior if you tie it to an existing behavior. For me, gratitude journaling happens every morning right after I let my dog out. I'm responsible, it turns out, despite the fact that there are uh, almost a dozen people in this house. Plenty of people could let the dog out at five o'clock or six o'clock every single morning, but strangely, it's me every morning. And for a little while, I was bitter about that. But then I thought, nah, I'm just going to use that as the trigger to do a habit that I've wanted to do for a long time, which is start my day with gratitude. So I let my dog out. First thing I do, sit down at my desk right here and boom, there's my gratitude journal. And I write down the three things that I'm grateful for that day. So change your environment to make it easier and pick the your existing habit that you want to tie the new habit to. You'll be so much more successful. Well, you know, the way that you say that, that's 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 really true. It's take your uh, um, sending a note to somebody once a week. Now, if you have the intention of doing that, but you don't set yourself up for it, then it's like, oh, gosh, I got to go get the stationery, and then I got to go find some stamps, and then I got to get the envelope. Then I got to figure out what to say. And yeah. it's a great big blown up thing rather than, Here's my box. Here's my things. I put write it down. Send yeah. it off. It's done. And as I because I do that, as I go throughout my week, I'm sort of actively looking for who's going to get a card for me that week. Something will happen, and I think, oh, there's my there's my person. I'm going to send that person a card this week, and it just kind of mentally sticks in my mind. If I wasn't actively writing a card to someone once a week, that experience would just kind of brush past me. But because I'm actively looking for it, my mind attunes that that's something that's important to me. And so it happens. And, I, and then so then, yeah, and, and I kind of have a regular time. Uh, it's usually Wednesday at noon. I have a, a call every Wednesday at noon. So while the call is going on and I'm just listening to it, I multitask and just boom, pull out my thank you card. I've probably already mentally picked out who I'm going to write it to. And honestly, it's, you know, not I'm not writing like. I'm, you know, I'm not writing a Mark Twain uh, <laughs> epistle or, you know, I'm not Thomas Jefferson here, but I'm just writing a couple of quick notes. And my wife is kind enough to stock stamps. So I just put a stamp on it, go put it in my mailbox, click up the flag and boom, it's done. So it's become quite simple and basic, although you, you kind of have important. to craft your environment to make it that way. But it, But it's an important thing to do. Yeah. It's it's like I have a good friend. Her name is King or Kim Lensing, and she has she, she bought these little these little shiny rocks that have mm. that has a word on it, and it's hope. And so what she does is when she's out and about, she sees somebody who's doesn't appear to have any hope or is not smiling and and stuff, and she'll just walk up and drop this. A uh, little rock in their hand, and she'll say, and they'll say, "What's this for?" And she'll say, "Well, today that that's your nugget of hope." And yeah, and then awesome. she just she just turns around and walks away. She doesn't preach at him. She doesn't talk to him. It doesn't. It's just here. I want you to have this. And uh, we can. And, the, the, and what I like about that concept, and what you do with the thank you cards, is that something that we can all do. Mm -hmm. It's not horribly difficult. It's not horribly expensive. It just takes a couple of moments and the thought in your mind, because when people get that from you, they go, geez, Jason is such a cool dude. I'm so <laughs> glad that he did that for me. And you and you change lives that way. Yeah, it it feels 
really great to do the action. I, you know, I haven't got, to be honest, I haven't gotten a lot of people like who have reached out. I have had a, a good number, but not every week, not everyone who ever gets a card from me ever reaches out and says, Oh my gosh, thank you for the card. But um, yeah, it, it's just that moment of positivity to say, am I the type of person who does nice things? Yeah, that's who I'm that type of person. I notice people, I appreciate people. I'm grateful for the things that other people do that help my life be better. And then that starts to build into other areas of my life uh, because of those habits that I've started. Well, and it's like you and I have discussed throughout this hour is that if you start doing those things, you are, it rewards yourself and it awards, it rewards the people that you do it with. And yeah. you start feeling much better about yourself uh, yeah. by, by just doing some of the, some of these things. And that's, that's a great way to reinforce a positive habit. Yep. Yeah. And then so the third I, one, well, hold on. Before I go there, oh. I got I, a question just popped into my head. I got to ask you is how do you know what is a good habit that you want to pick up mm. um, that that when, when you're sitting there going, I just don't have any earthly idea. And I'm sure you've talked to people like that. It's like, oh, it's all well and good to change my habits to make them good, but I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. Yeah. How do you help them? Yeah. I it's funny. I always refer back to one of my favorite movies is city slickers, which, uh, <laughs> love that movie. If you, I mean, if you haven't seen it in a while, you should go see it. Yes. Uh, and, and you can't eat bacon every day. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah. The, the Jack Palance character in there is, is talking to the Billy Crystal character. And he says, the secret to life is one thing. And, of course, Billy Crystal says, your finger? <laughs> he says, no, it's, it's just one thing. You just have to figure out what that one thing is. And so oftentimes I'll help people go through an, an exercise and it takes a few minutes, but it's well worth it to just stop and kind of think. And you think about when are times in your life when you felt fulfilled? When are times in your life when you felt loved and when you uh, felt like you were growing? When are, when are people that you've been around that have helped you feel loved and growing? What are things that you've done at work or in your personal life that help you feel like you are contributing to the lives of others? And so you start going through and identifying some consistent patterns in your life and Pretty soon you start to get a feel for, okay, I want to do more of this. I want to do more of acts of kindness. I want to do more of um, uh, showing gratitude for what I have in my life. I want to feel more of uh, a sense of growth and fulfillment and, or, or learning, or it's I need to eat better. Yeah, you know, I need to exercise more. Well, you know, you you just brought up a really a really key point in my life, which happened when I was in my early twenties. I'd been a lady shoe salesman at Nordstrom. Hey, hey, hated that job. <laughs> <sighs> Did you get to work with your dad though? Well, he he set me up to have the job, and and. <laughs> 
kid. I was 18. I was trying to sell shoes to ladies of, and I had no idea, no fashion sense of any kind. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I didn't do that. I was a roofer for a period of time. I was a night stalker at, at uh, uh, Fred Meyer. And, uh, but it wasn't until I got into the restaurant industry and started to be mm -hmm. able to talk to people and to serve people and to help them uh, have, to make them laugh, to make them smile and, and to serve them well. That I, and then I would go home at the end of the day or in, the, in most of the cases I work graveyard. So at seven or eight o'clock in the morning, I'd go on my way home and say, man, you did a really nice job today and you mm -hmm. really help people. Isn't that the feeling that we all want to have from what, whatever we're doing? Yeah. It, it only takes honestly about five minutes of contemplation or questioning. I think most people, they kind of know for yep. me, it's not that people don't know it's that they don't know how I, you know, I, maybe they feel like I want to work in a restaurant, but, they feel trapped in selling women's shoes uh, yeah, for whatever well, reason. And they feel compelled to do a certain thing. They just haven't yet figured out how to craft their life such that they have more of those experiences. Have you ever heard of the concept of the golden handcuffs? <laughs> yeah, that, that's the struggle of everything from middle age onward. I'm making too much money to do this job that I absolutely hate. It, but And so I can't quit because I make too much money. And my wife, she's used to a certain style of living yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Once you uh, create a certain lifestyle. Yep. Uh, by the way, our, our guest has been uh, uh, Jason Harwood. I've really enjoyed this hour. Will you come back and, and talk oh, some more? Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. I love chatting about this. Uh, as long as anyone will sit and listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're in their car, so we've got them captive. Yes. Um, so, so, and go to thejasonharwood.com. Find out all the information. His book is there. He's also got a free book that we haven't talked about that, uh, that you can also pick that up. And uh, I want to give you, um, we've got about two and a half minutes left in the show. And so I want to give you the opportunity. I'm going to step aside. I want you to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know. Uh, I didn't get to number three. So number one was make it small. Number two was make it easy. And number three is to celebrate small wins. Uh, oftentimes we engage in behaviors and we fail to celebrate the accomplishment of small things. So it sounds silly, but you know, I'll, I'll write my thank you card and kind of give myself a fist pump and yes, way to go. Or I'll write my three things that I'm grateful for and say, nice job. So uh, don't skip that one. But yeah, Kevin, you mentioned, if you go to the jasonharwood.com, there is a free uh, happier habits guide that you can get. It'll walk you through how to select the thing in your life. You want to focus on the area you want to improve in, and then it'll walk you step by step through how to get that down to as small uh, an action as possible, how to make your uh, implementation of that habit as easy as possible, and then how to celebrate it. And then there's a tracker there so you can start tracking your progress. So it's a step-by-step -step guide to just say, all right, I want to be better in one area of my life. Let's just start there with one area. Don't worry about making 
20 changes at once because that won't work either. But let's uh, get you started on one thing you want to do a little bit better. Rome, as they say, wasn't built in a day. It was built <laughs> brick by brick. And that really is how our lives can be done. Yep. And, and Jason's thank you so much. By the way, that is a free book that he was just talking about. And the name of it again is? So that one's the Happier Habit Guide. There's a little link there that you can you know click on to get that. And then I have my Happily Ever Habits book that you can go to Amazon and purchase if you'd like. I think they would like. And I want to thank you so much for being here. It's been my pleasure to have you. And thejasonharwood.com is where you go. I hope everybody has a great day. We're going to be back at 3 on KIXI. And it's going to be a fashion show, which I know absolutely nothing about. So I brought in Miss Washington to help us. By the way, be kind to everybody because each other is all we've got. We'll see you at 3. 